Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Winding through the South Carolina low country, the Cooper River is a reed-lined haven for sport fish and shorebirds. The waterway originates in Berkeley County's Lake Moultrie. From there, it proceeds all the way down to Charleston, where it merges with two other waterways to form the world-famous Charleston Harbor. The Cooper River took its name from Anthony Ashley Cooper, a 17th-century English lord. As time wore on, it became a lifeline in the region's burgeoning rice trade. But the Cooper also bears the hallmarks of a far more ancient chapter in South Carolina history. If you know where to look, and you've got some scuba gear handy, you might just find a mammoth tusk lurking beneath the water's surface. Before the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke via email with Matthew Wees. He and his father, Joe Harvey, are experienced local divers who patrol the Cooper for fossils, many of which end up on display at the Berkeley County Museum in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. And not all the giants they encounter are prehistoric. To hear Wees tell it, run-ins with living modern-day river beasts aren't uncommon. He said, I've had a catfish swallow my hand in a log jam underwater— a manatee break the surface while I was swimming back to the boat. An alligator swim toward me. Once, he reports, he came nose-to-nose with a gator measuring about 10 feet or 3 meters long. Underwater fossil hunting is a global pastime. Outside the U.S., divers have encountered paleo treasures in such places as Australia, Brazil, Indonesia, Mexico, and the Bahamas. Back in 2014, a bona fide lemur graveyard was discovered in the submerged caves of Madagascar. The big find was made possible by an international collaborative effort between anthropologists, paleontologists, and scuba divers. Hundreds of bones appeared in the underwater sediments. Some came from contemporary species like the invasive black rat. Other remains were left behind by animals that went extinct within the past millennia. The site quickly established itself as the world's biggest cache of pachylemur fossils. An ancient relative of the ruffed lemur, this creature was about twice as heavy, weighing an estimated 22 pounds, that's 10 kilos. But even it would have been utterly dwarfed by the gorilla-sized Mesopropithecus, a gargantuan lemur also represented in these caves. Pygmy hippo, elephant bird, and horned crocodile material was also recovered by the dive team along with the rare, virtually complete skull of yet another bygone lemur species. Getting access to the bounty wasn't easy. The caves in question were likely dry at some point, but today they're part of a flooded sinkhole. Right now, the system's most fossil-laden cave runs 82 feet, that's 25 meters deep. It's a dark environment with a complex layout, full of horizontal passageways and murky waters. In short, this is no place for novice divers— Cave diving, in general, is a high-risk sport. If you wander off course, you can't always ascend straight up to the surface. And so, to avoid getting lost, the scuba specialists on that 2014 team tracked their pathways with about 880 feet, that's 270 meters, of safety lines. There's another site in the North Sea. Great Britain was connected to the rest of mainland Europe as recently as 8,200 years ago. For this reason, mammoth bones are periodically dredged up out of the North Sea, which separates the UK from its continental neighbors. Another precious sinkhole is the Page Ladson site in northwestern Florida. Hidden below a river, it's yielded some of the oldest known human artifacts in North America, along with mastodon bones, including some 14,550-year-old fossils, 
bearing scars that suggest the animals were butchered by ancient people there. Here, tannins are a real nuisance. A vital component in leathermaking, tannins are chemical compounds released by various plants. When these seep into ponds or rivers, they can turn the water blackish-brown, which can definitely impair a diver's visibility. In some corners of the river, the tannins help block out sunlight, shrouding everything deeper than about 10 feet or 3 meters beneath the surface in inky darkness. And to see clearly, the divers make good use of high-wattage underwater lights. Back north in the Cooper River, divers face the same problem. Wheeze explained that he and his father wear cave lights attached to their helmets. The rest of the duo's equipment would look pretty familiar to other recreational divers. Since the Cooper gets strong tidal currents, the water's speed at any given moment affects their schedule. Faster currents make for shorter excursions. So, why do people go through all this trouble when there are loads of fossils hanging out on dry land? Well, for one thing, immersion in water has some preservation benefits. Deep in the bowels of a sunken cave, bones are less likely to be disturbed, either by scavengers or the ravages of open-air climates. And whereas land fossils are often caked in rock, some of the bones in flowing rivers get polished clean by the currents. Most of the material Wee's discovered out in the Cooper River comes from two different points in geologic time. The river's most sought-after fossils are probably shark teeth from the Miocene epoch, which lasted from 23 million to 5.3 million years ago. Some of these chompers get quite large. A tooth from the extinct megalodon shark can be over seven and a half inches, that's 19 centimeters long. We said shark's teeth are the most common finds, though whale ear bones come in a close second. Other Cooper River fossils were laid down during the more recent Pleistocene epoch. That began just 2.6 million years ago and ended a mere 11,700 years before the present. Back then, sea levels were lower, and the Carolina coastline lay farther to the east. Over the years, Wees and Harvey have extricated the bones of Pleistocene mammoths, capybaras, hoofed herbivores, and giant beavers, which we've done a whole episode on, but to summarize, during the last ice age, North American wetlands were occupied by Castoroides, which were eight-foot or two-and-a-half-meter beavers that likely weighed 220 pounds, that's 100 kilos or more. Today's episode is based on the article River Bottom Bones, The Strange World of Underwater Fossil Hunting on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Mark Mancini. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.